last 24 hours have been something hot, Austin. Yeah, they've not been uh, not been fun. <laughs> not been fun for a couple of reasons for the Toronto Maple Leafs. I mean, I know there's probably Just a Toronto scene. in general. Oh, that's true. A crap night for the Raptors, too. Crap night for the Raptors. I mean, Blue Jays fans are just in a terrible mood because of, you know, the Blue Jays. <laughs> and then uh, the Raptors, yeah, Ibaka suspended three games for, oh, man. He, if he landed one of the punches he threw, he would have clocked. I think it was the last, the guy's name's last name was Chris. Something like that. Marquise Chris. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like. For a guy that throws as many punches as he does in games, I don't know that I've ever seen Serge Ibaka like truly connect with one. He sort of like domed Robin Lopez when they got in that fight last season, but he didn't really like he didn't not hit him in the jaw or anything. He just kind of bonked him in the head. Yeah. So, it, I mean, anyhow, it's been it's been a yeah it's been a crazy couple of days. Um, but the Leafs the Leafs had a a bit of a situation on their hands in that look. I mean, I know people are relieved. At the fact that Riley, you know what ha- what Riley was, he wasn't. I don't know if we'd say he was being accused, but there was the the thought that he did say something, and that true. He out. he was being accused, but at first glance, I mean, it's hard to really deny what was being accused of him. I mean, it's it it's, was very tough. That was a tough, you know. It's not a situation anybody wants to talk about today, but we're stuck with it because of just the out, the fallout from it. Well, and I credit the one thing I'll credit the Leafs is they didn't, you know, shy away from it. They, you know, they faced it, and uh, they, you know, they they deemed you know anything like that is unacceptable. Even though they were cleared of wrongdoing, they at least didn't um, wash their hands of it and saying, "Yeah, it's done and over with." Yeah, full. Full credit to Kyle Dubas because he was very good in this whole situation. His statement last night was spot on what needed to be said. Um, his press conference today was great. Um, it's just it's a it's a terrible situation that nobody wants to ever see in a sporting uh, environment. But unfortunately, this is sort of the dark things of seeing homophobia and even racism. If we want to go into a larger talk in sport, it's way too common and. It shouldn't be at this point. We're better than this, well, even though it didn't happen. It's there's. I'm sorry. I'm going off on a little bit of a rant but, right off the bat no, here, but, but no. just to think that this just because Morgan Riley didn't say it doesn't mean it's not a thing that happens every game. It, just because the the microphones don't pick it up doesn't mean it's not a thing. Oh, and, and many people are aware of that. And like you, you made a great point. Uh, you brought up an article that you wrote about, um, in that yeah. you know, like people need to realize that this isn't something that. It does happen. It doesn't necessarily always get, as you said, get picked up. Um, I agree that there is a, uh, how would I want to put it? There is an issue with how players behave on, you know, when it's competition and that, I mean, some people justify it as, you know, it's heat of the moment or, you know, I just think that it's just been something that, you know, they've been exposed to from when they were young. Till now, because look, parents, do parents set the best example? Judging by the videos I see of parents uh, cheering on their kids and swearing no. at each other, and then, you know, college, the way that they talk, junior hockey, that's how they usually always talk. So That's where it starts is minor hockey, because kids just throw, I mean, I don't want to throw slurs on this, but just saying something like, that's gay, 
is a, it's same thing with the article that I wrote. Um, Matt Horner, who was nice enough to talk to me at the time, was a former hockey player turned into a blogger, and he quit the game because of the homophobia in hockey. And that's what he said: is words like the one that was or O'Reilly was alleged of saying, and uh, homo, which I don't want to use, but there's no real way to get about it. Like words like that, he said himself were used as sort of synonyms for stupid when he was younger. And it's just not something that's acceptable in locker rooms. Yeah, so it, it's, it, you know, and I think uh, people realize it's part of... The, the part that, that pains me is the people who, whether it was true or not, were going to, you know, defend the guy, defend the player because of who the player is. Yeah, that was a bad thing too. Is other people saying that we Leaf fans were only defending him because it was a Leaf player, and it was Morgan Riley who was a Leaf's favorite. If Morgan Riley had done what he did, I, I would not have been. I didn't say anything. To be fair, none of us did. I don't yeah. believe. No, I didn't either. Because I mean, I didn't because like, look, we didn't have all the facts. That's the worst thing you can do because. Um, just so I, I'll get to your point in a second, but how many people deleted their tweets? Uh, I credit those who apologized. I mean, look, in fairness, it's very easy to say I'm sorry over the internet to make yourself look, you know, to save face for yourself. Um, I, that's why I don't put myself out there as much because, look, there's certain things where you shouldn't say them on Twitter. It's yep. not social media. There's certain things. Leave it in your the thoughts in your head, or say it to people in a group of people you know that can handle what you're saying. Yeah, and the amount of backtracking that happened today from just people, and I'm not I'm not bagging on people that did it. Obviously, you go on and you it does, it's different situations in life. You may have somebody in your life. I know I do that uh, is LGBT or um, if it was a racist remark, something like that, like defending people that are closest to you, that's fine. Um, but it's just, it's unfortunate that good people on this site that went on to defend that situation had to bring it back because it was a knee jerk reaction because they heard something. And I understand because the first time I heard it, I mean, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. It sounded exactly like what was being described. And I went, well, damn. Mo was going to be in some trouble here if it was him. And the other thing is I wasn't convinced it was Mo because, I mean, I said it to you in the thing. He has a lisp, like a very predominant lisp when he talks. So it didn't sound like Mo, but I didn't say anything. There's, uh, I just, I reserve the just going online and saying anything in general because I don't really look for arguments online, I guess, is the reason I stayed off. Well, this is just the whole point part that I listened back to it, like, I don't know, countless times. And can we give just a quick, like, uh, Flintor, Flinter, however you want to say it, you have to give him a ton of credit because he went out on a limb, he did all this work, and he put out, to most people at the time, what was a very unpopular opinion, trying to defend somebody that it's had said a homophobic slur or was accused of a homophobic slur. Well, he was trying to set the record straight, like give yes. a chance to see both sides. Like 
listen to it and say, you know, this might sound like it, but here's what I think it sounds like, but also yeah. putting together enough to say, um, like, I, I mean, I, I can go back to its uh, tweet and being, um, I highly suggest you, like he get, puts the full clip, he puts the subtitles, like, Yep. He didn't just and, go out and put out his opinion. That's what. Yeah. Just in the terms of Twitter and stuff, there's that. Excuse me. There's sort of that. And it's not. I'm not saying for this situation. This is not an isolated thing that I'm talking about. Um, the Just the mob mentality on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Where if he was to put out an opinion that was just so wholly unagreeable. I don't even know if that's a word. Excuse me. I'm just going off the top of my head currently. But. Um, is something that a lot of people didn't agree on. Like that could have gone bad for him, and he's very liked cross leaf Twitter because he does a lot of great content. So cool. he could have lost a lot of followers for that. Like the, I'm sure he thought about this before he put it out, but he took the chance and it ended up swaying a lot of people to think that Mo didn't really do this. Yeah, like you know, this is a guy who <laughs> he he's primarily known. He brought puts himself out as a hockey fan. Okay, like all due respect to all the leaf. Guys that I know a lot of guys that do gifts and stuff, our buddy Omar included. Uh, Flintor is the best gift guy on Leaf Twitter, in my opinion. Oh, he is. And, you know, um, because he's consistent, he's... He's also just, the like, the OG. He was, the, like, the first guy... Well, sorry, Jeffler was one of the first guys doing it, but he was one of the guys that was, like, specifically a Leaf GIF account. Mm-hmm. Getting mm-hmm. Leaf videos and GIFs out. So he's sort of the original guy that did that. So he has a big following. And like, okay, uh, to be fair, people like that, while you might be fans just putting out gifts for for the sake of putting out gifts, you're also kind of, um, you're kind of above the fan in in regards to you're providing a, a service. When you're providing media and video and stuff, like there's a responsibility kind of put on you like any any sort of media company that when you're broadcasting putting out something you need to you know be fair and put out the facts and all that stuff like there are responsibilities when you're doing that stuff so you're not just any normal fan you are providing something to other fans almost like a media now these guys a i'm obviously they don't have they're not broadcasting it they're you know recycling recirculating things that are already being broadcasted. Yeah. But like what I liked about what, uh, what Flinter did is that, you know, he, he was detailed and he provided his, you know, his reasoning behind, you know, what the work he was doing. And what I didn't like about the original video that went out was that, um, and I mean, I can't read the exact tweet anymore because it's been deleted. Um, it does. The only thing I remember from it is it had the actual slur, but just it like the it letters bleeped, it was, uh, it dashed was, out. Yeah, and he says like, um, no. It, there, there was quite a few people that just like put his you know, Morgan Riley's name out there. I know uh, one of the first media members to to put that out was Lance Hornby. He, uh, a clear, he, I think the way his, his, I don't think his tweet is around anymore either. I was trying to find it. Um, it might just be buried too because of all the press no, conference I'm, stuff over I, the last like day. I'm pretty sure it came after the press conference stuff. I'm okay. pretty sure he said a hot-headed Morgan Riley is being, you know, 
was caught by TV cameras and audio saying this or that. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not going to say, you know, I mean, he took down his tweet. So, um, clearly he realized that what he was, uh, he was saying wasn't accurate. Like a lot of like, that's the problem. People are very quick to go. I'm typing stuff because I want to, you know, share either share my opinion or, you know, show I don't know if it's like show, not showing off, but it's just, you know, they're very like, Oh, I gotta, you know, I gotta give my opinion on this. But we've a lot of, in a lot of ways we lack accuracy. I mean, and it's also just people, I'm sorry to cut you off. It's I'm just thinking of cause we were talking to Omar is in our group chat and Omar is obviously a big personality on Twitter. He has a lot of followers and he said to us that he was not commenting on Twitter, but he had people, in his DMs that were asking for his opinion on it. Yeah. Like people that wanted him to give an opinion that they could get behind or something along those lines, I would assume. I'm not big enough to have people ask my opinion on anything. So I don't know what the situation was. I'm just going off what Omar had said. I mean, we, we talked with Omar about this and, you know, it, we, we talked with Jake, we talked with Chris. I mean, our whole group was, I mean, we we're all over this last night when it happened. Yeah. So it, it's, it's not like, you know, it's just a tough thing. If you're not entirely sure yourself, it's always best not to say something until you have all the facts. That's what that yeah. and, and Kyle Dubas kind of brought this up. Then in 2019, we're very quick to just you know put put the blame game out there and not have all the facts of the story. Hopefully, now when it comes to this. Um, that this kind of changes the thought process. I don't think it will exactly, but I'm hoping that people kind of get a better understanding of that. And I mean, it's, I'm not trying to be above what happens. There's obviously certain things that get knee-jerk reactions from me and other people. It's not like we're, we're not above all everyone else. No. Um, so just to make that clear, uh, there's certain things that just rile up people. Obviously, homophobic racial issues are a big thing now and rightly so they shouldn't be in sports they have no place in sports and i mean that like i said i posted it today that article and that's probably one of my favorite articles i've ever written in my short career as as a writer just because it got down to so many issues i got to talk to a lot of great people and really get into something that's doing good for the league and i think pride tape is doing that and really bringing inclusivity into the nhl yeah, so, I mean, just to kind of close this off, I'm glad that something was taken out of this. At least people, you know, Leafs Nation gets an idea of how the Leafs feel about this and that they weren't just going to sit behind. So, um, good on them for that. One thing I will... Um, it kind of took some of the... Uh, it's, I wouldn't say heat, but some of the, you know attention away from what was a pretty pretty piss poor performance from the Leafs. Yeah, the Leafs really got bailed out by the situation. It's unfortunate, but yeah. Uh it's really over I mean, whatever. It's the Tampa Bay Lightning. Like th this is the thing though. I mean, when I watched when I I mean, you watch the highlights, you just watch the Leafs. You can tell that they just they'd had nothing. They had no energy, nothing. Um, and you heard, I heard the quote from John Cooper after the game saying, you know, we caught a tired team. 
That's how they play. Now, if they were actually tired, I mean, then they deserve some of the benefit of the doubt because generally the Leafs play better teams. Like, they, they do a good job of playing up to the top teams. That was the Toronto Maple Leafs last night that showed up against the Detroit Red Wings all season. Yeah. And they show up against crap teams. That wasn't, that didn't look like fatigue to me because they were going at times. That looked like a team that had a couple bad goals gone in on them, and they just, they were rattled for the rest of the game. They were they looked like they you know the air was just taken out of them, sucked out of them. You know when when things don't go your way, you can do one of two things. Now we've seen the Leafs get down, it's like three nothing against Montreal, climb back into it. I mean Tampa's not going to let a team climb back into it if they have a three four nothing lead, but. Um, you want to see the the team at least show some fight in some regard, and they had none. And that that was, you know, that was the the frustrating part is that, you know, it got to a point where you're just like, oh, you know, just move on to the next game. It's like, well, show like Boston was down five one. I mean, we were just talking about this before we went on the podcast. Boston was down five one to Columbus. It was five four, and then Columbus ended up winning seven five, but. You can't tell me people were just like, uh, it's Boston. You never know. Like, show a little bit of gusto where you can say, you know what? We're not going to give up that easily. And I think that's why the Austin Matthews comments of saying the team kind of quit was, <laughs> frankly, it's frustrating to hear that. I mean, yeah. Like, no offense yeah. to Matthews. He had a fantastic goal, but John- he looked pretty rattled for most of the yeah. game. Tavares, Hyman, and Marner have been carrying this team for a while in terms of the primary yeah. production. And that's just, I mean, Hyman's caught a hot streak because Marner's been feeding him pucks. He's finally putting them home. Tavares, I mean, he might hit 40 goals at this point. He's close, I'm sure. I don't even know his goal total at this point. Uh, Tavares, I'm pretty sure it's, it's close to 35, right? No, I think he's at 38 now. It shows how much I've been paying attention. Um, and, I mean, the fourth line's been doing more. Ennis had the hat trick a couple nights ago in Calgary. Um, it's just one of those stretches. I mean, Matthews is, at the start of the year, it was him and Tavares that were carrying the team. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it just has to be, it can't be your stars every night. And that's, that's just the unfortunate reality of sports. It can't be Matthews and Tavares every night. It's got to be an Ennis. It's got to be a Brown. It's got to be a Hyman. It's got to be a Kapanen and Janssen. It's got to be somebody other than the big two and Marner and Nylander. Oh, I, I have no doubt about that. My problem is, is lately you've seen that there's been an imbalance where like and Kapanen even called out his own line to say we've been mediocre. Like, yeah. And I like that. I like that. Yeah. But talk is cheap. In my opinion, talk is cheap. You know, people are talking about, oh, what's Kapanen going to get paid? What's Johnson getting paid? Oh, we got to talk about how this is a big issue. Look, what makes an NHL player is a matter of consistency and finding a way to get through the tough stretches. I know Kapanen was hurt last night. Um, I don't doubt that. I mean, there was the illness. But look, let's not talk about what these guys are getting paid because let's just worry about them producing. Because what's been the Leafs' problem, you know, in the playoffs, what was the problem in the playoffs, and I keep reminding people this, 
Austin Matthews didn't play well in the playoffs. Anderson didn't play well in the playoffs. Worry about how the players are going to play in the playoffs. Your top players, the ones that are expected to show up and, you know, go through a team like Boston. Like, we talk, people talked about how much, how much depth the Leafs have and how they can match up well against the Bruins. But unless you're able to counteract what the Bruins send out with Marshine and Bergeron, who have been lights out this season, it means nothing. Yep. Uh, I mean, I sort of a grain of salt yesterday with, I'm not making excuses for this line, but Nylander was put on that line and he hasn't played with Matthews in a long while, even on the power play. I mean, as much as you want to just throw Matthews and Nylander together and hope that they're just going to click instantly, it's not that easy. Yeah. They've played together for a couple of years now, but, I mean, you can't just expect them to... They're not going to have five points apiece the first time they play together in a month and a half. Yeah, like, that that's the part. You know what? I think... Like, I think they should be together. Like, just yeah, absolutely. keep them together... Um, whether or not Janssen is on that left wing, I mean, I think he should be. Um, I don't care who's on that left side. You need like look Marner, Tavares, Hyman. Like Marner and Tavares are together, it works. Matthews doesn't have that Marner. Like, Nylander is that Marner to Matthews. And yeah, all due respect to Kapanen, he has the speed, but he is not Nylander when it comes to setting Matthews up. You saw the goal that Nylander, like the feed that Nylander gave the Muzzin. Like, yep. that's automatic for an awesome math for Matthews. Every- Nylander is a natural born playmaker who has a good release as well. He's, I mean, the Swedes are very good at distributing the puck and the Finns are as well, but Kapanen's got a speed game and he's more of a shooter. That's his game. The ideal lineup for me is you keep Connor Brown on the fourth line. You put Janssen with Marlowe and Kadri, and you put Kapanen, and uh, Nylander and Marner, or Marner, Matthews together because then Nylander can feed those two for goals. Yeah, so... Like, it's two righties, but I mean... Uh, look, I, I just think, you know, those two had insane chemistry. Uh, I don't know what exactly happened in the playoffs. I think maybe just they were just overwhelmed, but... Like this, this is something that I think should be should be changing. Um, I know the players aren't going to push for it. Like Matthews isn't going to demand Babcock to put him with them. But like, yeah. th- this is not the time where you are experimenting. Oh, let's see how Matthews played. Like we see how Matthews played with Cap, and then they've got some sort of they've got some chemistry. But let's be real here. We know that Matthews and, and Nylander... Sh- and now, look, I understand maybe Babcock, Babcock is trying to get Nylander to play his way up there. I guess. He has. But he has. I'm sorry. He's at 17 points now on the season, I believe I read. I mean, he's not doing nothing. You're putting, you've put him out there over the last stretch with all due respect to them, but two offensive anchors this season in Connor Brown and Patrick Marlowe. Yeah, like... I'm sorry. Um, so he's even though Brown did score a garbage time goal yesterday, but that was yeah. I'm gonna look at the splits for Nylander because um, so December two points in eleven games, January uh, five and ten, February 
nine and fifteen. Like that nine and fifteen games, that's Nylander. That's yep. Nylander we know. Uh, March hasn't been going well. And he's well. Even last night, like he had a the game was well out of hand, but he had a one on like three rush, and he stepped from the sideboards into the middle and almost scored on a hesitation move that got the defender to drop down into a block. He stepped around that defender and then wristed one wide. That's also sort of the issue. Is Nylander hasn't been hitting the net as much this season. Yeah, I, I think that's been um, he needs he needs to put that you know start you know getting that confidence to want to put the puck in the net. Because that's going to make team defenses at least, you know, respect the shot and not yeah. always look for him to pass it. So, um, yeah, he really does need to shoot more. Um, I think Matt, that was what made him and Matthew so good is that teams would respect Matthew so much that, guess what? We're going to go and defend Matthews. He's going to pass to Nylander, and Nylander's going to score. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping that with Kadri back, uh, Babcock now reconsiders how that third line operates. Like I think Kadri Marlowe usually work out well together, and Kadri uh, Marlowe and Kapan weren't bad at one point in the season. No, it's just three guys. Like there's no setup man on that. Like Kadri's more of a shooter as well. I would say. But you, this is a t- this is a line that generally wouldn't try to create things off. Like either they create off the rush or you know. Um, some good hard work. Marlo can pa- can can yeah. Think, no, absolutely. Marlo can do a little bit of everything, but he's just sort of a guy that wins battles along the boards. Now he's not really, at least this season. I mean, last year's Marlo was scoring from the crease. He was scoring with shooting a little bit. He was distributing. Uh, it's just been a weird season for Marlo. So I, I don't know if it's regression if or just hurt. an off year. I wonder if he's hurt. There's guys you can tell. There are guys on the Leafs that are hurt. They're bang. They're, they've got some banged up bodies. Now look, people say Jake Muzzin's oh, hurt. Let's be honest. <laughs> people are like, oh, if he was hurt, he wouldn't be playing. Well, who the hell are you gonna get the, if Muzzin's hurt? We're literally gonna have to call up a guy from the ECHL to use as our D man, or an 18 year old Rasmus Sandin. <laughs> and then you. <laughs> Those can, are your choices. Like I'm, I'm convinced Marlow isn't 100. percent Like Marlow, people say, oh, it's age. Look. I know people get older, but he, he's not going to just ultimately slow down like a dinosaur after one year. Well, you also can't really blame him for having this regression. I mean, that Iron Man streak is ridiculous. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's he's probably had to do so much just to... Uh, I think what somebody said was he takes all of his gear off during the intermission to go into the cold tub. Yes. I remember like, hearing that, too. It's like... <laughs> That, you're at that point. That's pretty intense if you're a player in there doing that. So I think uh, people should – I mean, I've been critical of Marlowe, and, I mean, there's when you're getting paid $6 million, it's deserved, but I also know he has a track record, and we can't just, uh, we can't just ignore that. And for the people who are complaining about Babcock – let me. This is something I've been thinking about a lot lately. Uh, there are people who have commented on the way his fourth line has been deployed. I am of the thought that if you're complaining about how your coach is managing a fourth line and nothing else, your coach is doing a pretty decent job. You're you're in a very good scenario if that's the worst part about your team is the fourth line. 
people who are calling for Babcock to, if the Leafs don't make it past the first round, his job should be in jeopardy. Where do you, th- who, what other coach <coughs> are we talk- thinking Sheldon Keefe is going to automatically do a way better job than uh, Mike Babcock? I think with the younger guys, he could, like the guys that were with the Marlies, but the older guys, it, it doesn't matter. It's like any other coach that would come in. For how many years the Leafs have been stuck in mediocrity? They are finally a team that everyone in the NHL would not want to play against. Let's be real here. There's probably some teams that are saying... The Bruins. I mean, the Bruins are very confident. (laughs) They're a veteran team. And the Tampa Bay Lightning, the two, two, three teams that are ahead of them, there are many teams that do not want to play the Leafs. Part of it is the coach, because they know the coach has them prepared. You know because of the top-end talent, the goaltender... The blue line, maybe not as much, but there are teams who are giving them credit. Um, do you want to go back to the Randy Carlisle days, the Peter Horacek days? The, I mean, maybe Paul Maurice would get a little bit, would be a little, no, wouldn't be worse off this time around. Um, I mean, well, this current iteration of Paul Maurice doesn't sound too bad. I mean, he has a pretty good roster in Winnipeg to work with. Yeah, exactly. Um, do we want to go you, back to Ron Wilson? Like people? No. The least no. the least went from being the last place team in the league to in the playoffs to within a game, uh, pretty much almost ready to beat the Bruins in round one. Like to a top five team this year. How many teams that have had the sudden switch? Like I look at the Devils, I look at the Oilers, I look at the Avalanche. I look at, I'm trying to think of another team that's gone from uh, last to first or last to in the playoffs lately. Um, Like there are teams who have had a one year, like, holy crap, we didn't expect them to be this good and then just tail right back off down. St. Louis did, but that was in one year. That's true. St. Louis. And they were expected to be in first to start with. Yeah. So. That doesn't really count. What Mike Babcock has done is the t- Leafs are going up, and he does not want them to go down. And look, as bad as people as bad as people are complaining about the Leafs, the Bruins just had a streak of nineteen games with a point. You know how many games? Yeah, you know how many games? I mean, other than the Lightning, because the Lightning have just been ridiculous. Yeah. Um, how many points ahead are the Bruins on the Leafs? Uh, less than ten. Uh, I it's believe it's maybe less than five. I don't even know. Hold on. It was like, close a couple of days ago. It was like four points or something. I'm uh, pretty sure the, it's still four. Cause during played, the Canucks game, it was four points, right? Yeah. So this first off, the Bruins lost against the Blue Jackets. They didn't have another comeback in them. So now they are four points up on the Leafs. They, and, they, and the Leafs have a game in hand on them. So That's good. If they can make it work out, it would be two. And Boston's playing Winnipeg next, by the way, people. I'll be at like 12 nothing or something stupid. They're finally, the like the Bruins are finally, like look, I've been watching the Bruins throughout this streak. It's been a lot of luck because of Marshan and Bergeron carrying a whole lot of that load. I mean, Krejci's been playing better too. They beat New Jersey one nothing. They beat Florida in a comeback effort 4-3 where they were down two goals. The same with Carolina. 
they barely beat Ottawa 3-2. They're not blowing. Like, they had a couple blowout wins against, I think, Tampa and San Jose, where they caught them. Um, but they just lost two straight games. Um, teams are going to, like, I, I think the Bruins are going to get exposed a little bit now during this stretch. Mm-hmm. So, so I think people need to make it relax. Stop complaining about how many. Like, I know Connor Brown hasn't been producing. Babcock likes him for a reason. Lay off the guy. You're compl- I'm pretty sure if I'm Connor Brown right now, I really hope he's not looking on social media. I hope he's not. Unless it's all their social media. He's getting paid two point. People are like, oh, he's getting paid two point one million dollars. Yeah, could could a guy like Trevor Moore? I think Trevor Moore deserves a shot. I think Brown deserves a night off. Trevor Moore could be given that money, to be honest with you. I'm not ready to give Trevor Moore $2 million. I put him with players that aren't Frederick Gauthier and see what he does. That's fair. Um, Moore, in every game he played up until a certain stretch of the season, set Frederick Gauthier up for a goal in every game he had played. That's true. I mean, Frederick, I cannot produce offense, Gauthier. Let's also remember Frederick Gauthier also produced offense against Buffalo. Okay. I mean, it's Buffalo. Buffalo's not a good team. We know Buffalo's exactly. not a good team. Um, that's what I'm saying, though. I'm saying is, uh, hold on, I want to look at this because you brought up the point I wanted to look at. Trevor All Moore right. has been great. Frederick Gauthier. I, I have no problem with Trevor Moore. I want Trevor Moore in the lineup. Uh, Gautier got the, the goal against um, Buffalo. And then yep. you were saying uh, his other two goals were against Columbus uh, and Detroit. Maybe Detroit. I'm looking That's at his not. game log right now. No offense. Yeah. Um, the reason why, I, like, yeah, Trevor Moore made Gautier better. The whole point of Gautier being in the lineup is he's good defensively. I don't care what he does offensively. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> I don't think, I'll, oh, I need Gautier to produce more offensively. No, I need Gautier to shut things down defensively. Oh, he's not. I'm not saying he's an offensive stuff. No, 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 no. You're not, you I, definitely I want some production from him. I just don't like this idea that Connor Brown has a track record. Like, I mean, I'm writing an article about him and trying to figure out what's been going on with him. I personally mm-hmm. think part of it is between the ears. Um, I also think that, you know, the guy went from playing with, uh, with Matthews in his first year. I'm pretty sure this is part I got to look at because I'm pretty sure he played a lot with Matthews in his first year in the league. First he played with year. Matthews and Hyman for the away games and he played with Kadri and, uh, I am drawing a blank on the third member of that line for some reason. Um, I'll think of it randomly. Yeah, it was Kadri Brown and somebody. I I can't think of post or pre Marlowe Leafs currently with the top nine, but I'll figure it out at some point. I'm just saying I think we're being a little unfair. And look, I'm this is no. I'm not saying that Brown is a saint and we shouldn't talk bad about him. I'm not saying that. I just think are we being too? I think we're being a little too critical when the Leafs' failure, success, and failure. Is not going to be about how much Connor Brown's playing. Oh, absolutely not. But I just because of his production this year, I would like to see Connor Brown play lower in the lineup. <laughs> I would. He's just he doesn't have it. 
this year. Or maybe he just needs to be playing with players that are going to play him, like, you know, help bring his play up a bit. Because if you're expecting Connor Brown to drive the play, he's like an, he's like another um, – I'm trying to think of a, an example here. Like, he's another um, – He's a, just a bottom six player. He's like a high man, but not as big and not as I'm going to just run through everything. He's not as physical as I'm. No, definitely not. But, well, he's 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 willing to, you know, go for those battles in the corner and stuff like that, though. Yeah. Way more it than... serves a purpose. Know. He's just... He's not producing in the way that we think he should be, and I, I agree with that. Yeah. But, uh, whatever. It'll I, happen. I, I just mean, think people need to make it relax when it comes to him, though. Yeah, that's fair. I'm trying to find that lineup for us, and I <laughs> like it. Well, think of it when it doesn't really matter anymore. That's how it usually goes. Yeah. So um. I, I will. Yeah, it's it's just a weird. Yeah, you've said it. it. If the Leafs' bottom six is the issue, then we're doing okay. The top six is not a problem, guys. It's just ebbs and flows with the game. And Matthews isn't going to score every night. I know he was to start the season. It's not a sustainable pace. So he's going to go through ups and downs. He's got, how many points does he have now? He just passed 30 goals. That was 31 last night. Um, he's he's good. Marner has 80 points. Tavares has nearly 40 goals. I mean, life is good in Toronto. Yeah. You just want the defense to be a little better. And that's... I mean, part of the issue last night and going forward is that they don't have Travis Dermott. They don't have Jake Gardner. Jake Gardner's apparently avoided back surgery, which is good. For now. For now, which is important because a series with the Bruins, you might need back surgery because they're not going to hold up on him if he's in the lineup. No, that's very true. They're going to be on him pretty hard. And, yeah, they'll know he has an injury that if he's thrown under the boards a bunch of times, he's you're well within your right. If he plays... He's fair game, and that's a very obvious statement, but it's true. So, okay, see. I just had a thought. Was it Komarov? It was Komarov. Oh, just God think. damn it, Connor Brown, Leo Komarov, and Nazem Kadri. Because I'm looking at the at the player chart. Yep. Like Brown had 20 goals. I mean, granted, he might have produced most of that with Matthews, but he still did that with playing with Komarov and Kadri. Yeah, still ridiculous. Just wanted to bring that up. Um, yeah, no, I, I think it's very tough to judge the Leafs defensively when you don't have the optimal lineup. Like, I'm pretty sure if Dubas knew that Marincin was going to be playing regularly, he would have made a trade for someone, at least for a guy that can step in in the bottom pairing. Yeah, that's now I would have wished the Leafs did that regardless. I'm not saying you should have gone on and gone and Adam McQuaid because that <laughs> new. Yeah. Hindsight 2020, they should have gone out and gotten somebody. But you really never know when an injury is going to happen. And obviously Dubas didn't think one of his best young defensemen was going to go down two days after the trade deadline. Yeah. Uh, so that's at that point you're just stuck. And the bigger issue is that they can't call anyone up because they have a 19 and 18 year old that are their two best defensemen. Cause Borgman and Rosen are both injured. <laughs> yeah. I mean like who are you really going to call up? <laughs> I guarantee if Marincin, if it was a choice between a fully healthy Rosen and Marincin, it would be Rosen 10 times out of 10. 
Oh, absolutely. At this point in the season. Because Ojigana would be considered the defense, more defensive guy in that situation. He throws grenades up the ice, too. He's not... This He's not really a solution, again, unfortunately. Maybe this is the I, I talked about this with someone too. Is that this is probably the one issue with Babcock is he should not have sat Justin Hall all this time. Like, what do you expect, Babcock? Do you expect him to play well just because oh he's been we've been putting him hard at practice? No, he needs games. Even just putting him on back to backs, regularly rotate him with Ajiganov, that would have been enough. I'm not saying. Take out Hainsey, like other people have been saying. I know people have been big on that. But... I'm usually on the Ron Hainsey hate train, but he's been one of our two best defensemen over the stretch without Dermot and Gardner. Oh, I, I think maybe that's him realizing, uh, you know. He can't, he can't make yes. mistakes. That's basically what he's realized. Because, <laughs> I mean, he can make mistakes. Let's. Oh, yeah, that's... for sure. But he needs to be a little sharper with his game because obviously he needs to. It's a contract year for him. As well. He's got to look good. He probably realizes if he can at least be half decent, he can, uh, he can, I I can't believe I'm saying this, but Dubas could (laughs) consider bringing him back. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I mean, like, look, if I'm, if, I mean, I'm looking, if you look at free agency options for defensemen. Roman Polak was still a deadline option up until, what, 259 on uh, deadline day? Oh, you just brought up brought me to my next point. I wanted to bring up. Got all Roman. Um, there is an article. Oh no! I'm gonna read you the headline. I got. Oh no! I gotta find. Who is it from? First of all. Oh, this is now. This isn't from a blog or anything. This is from a legitimate. Oh no! Website. Oh, just wait. Uh, it's it's loading. It's loading. Oh, I thought this was a joke. Don't. No. God damn it. Um, okay, now I'm starting to think. Uh... <laughs> having some technical difficulties. Hold on, I'm trying to make sure I got the right one because there was a couple of them. There are multiple Roman Pollock to Leaf rumor articles? No, 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 no. This okay. Is... Jesus. Okay, I'm pretty sure this is You're the article. You're scaring me to death. I think that what I saw earlier was just a different... Um... Okay, maybe there's somebody wrote two of very similar Roman Polak stories, which is frightening. <laughs> okay, I'll read you the I'll read you the headline of the first one. Plagiarism. No, a coach's dream. How ro- no. how stars Roman Polak <laughs> no. earned embraced stop. a role he Dude, never right expected. <laughs> no. If I ever hear a coach's dream and Roman goddamn Polak in the same sentence again. Oh no no no! I hear. I'm gonna read you the the opening. I've graph. watched too many slap shots rifled around the boards to get clear the zone to know that Roman Polak is the least thing are... from a coach's dream. In for a treat, okay? Oh god. Um, I'm going to. Okay. I might have to stop you just like in sections. Okay, so somebody they have very two similar stories. That's this one here is on uh, uh, Dallas News Sports Day Dallas News. Okay. I'm gonna read the opening graph for that for that story that the headline I just read. This is Dallas, sorry. This is the this is from Dallas News uh, Sports Day. Dallas News. Okay. Firmly entrenched as a top four defenseman for the Stars, Rowan Polak wasn't penciled into the role he's inhabited for most of the season. Signed oh, to a no. one year contract in the summer, Polak could have easily occupied a number seven role. 
uh, blah, blah, blah. He talked about how he thought that would be the role, except now he's taking a larger role. Polak has impressed the Stars coaching staff, elevating his role <laughs> and pushing alongside former Stars first-round pick Julius Honka and Jamie Oleksiak. In a season in which he could have used to spell players, Polak is on track to tie a career high in games played, barring injury. Polak will play 79 out of 82 games. Okay. He's averaging 19 minutes and 12 seconds of ice time. That should frighten Dallas fans. Uh, it's not the high, it, although it's not the high since he averaged 21.05 in 2014-15 with the Leafs. Yeah, but that was also the crap Leafs. Yeah. <laughs> Who so, was still on the blue line other than Dion Phaneuf on that team? Mm-hmm. All right, so here's the one from NHL.com. So this is like... Right from the lead, from a senior staffer at NHL.com. How Roman Polak went from depth defenseman to star's 20-minute warrior. I mean, at least they didn't say star. I was expecting a much more, like... Can you star twice punchy. in the headline? Oh, did, I'm sorry. Was star used already? Well, the team name. To star's 20-minute warrior. Uh, now, look. about that. Um... There's no question Jerome Pollock is a warrior because he's willing to take you know, pucks to the face yeah. to keep a puck out of the net. I will give the him guy that. guy is a battler. It's not a question. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> Please I, I, go on. Um, this is the, this is the, the lead. Jerome Pollock enters Stars camp with little expectations, and that's fine with him. Uh, let me see. All right, here we go. I'm going to read this paragraph. But as the Stars head down the stretch and try to secure their first playoff berth in three seasons, Pollock is playing in the top four and logging games of 20 minutes or more. He sits fourth among defensemen in 1941 average time on ice, which we talked about before, and leads the Stars and block shots with 134. Jesus. He's blocked 134 shots? This is an animal. I just find it funny because I wonder if Mike Babcock reads that article and cries. 130 blocks. Good player. You know what? Look, Roman Polak as a 7th defenseman would have been fine. As a 6th, 7th defenseman, that would have been fine. Roman Polak playing in the top four and playing over 20 minutes a night? Mess. No, no, please, no. Just, just no, no. Dear God, no. I beg you. He was not brought back because he was terrible against the Bruins. It's funny. People are like, you know, the Leafs could use a a defenseman that could push back against the opposition. That's what Roman Polak was. And look at how it worked out against the Bruins. Yeah, it's a mess. So, people, the Stars um, are not exactly... A great team. They're, uh, I think they're in a playoff spot right now, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, I think they're either in the last wild card spot or in the race at least. Or they're in the cent, or they're like th- top because th- I know the central is St. Louis, Winnipeg, and I mean the central is not a great division compared to like the other ones. Yeah, um, they are fourth in the in the. 
division, which means they are in the wild card. They're probably the first wild card team. Yeah, they have 77 points. I'm sorry. Hmm. So we should be praising Roman Pollock because he's playing top four in a team that's in the first wild card spot? Yes. I, I mean, I, I, I find it funny. <laughs> I find it really funny because I'm pretty sure there's been times where Anton Kudolin has had to stop like 60 shots. I'm pretty sure. He- oh, yeah, they're not a good team by any means. They're, they're fucking horseshit if you ask me, but. I mean, you can just ask their owner. Yeah, you can ask their two star players. Oh, and people want to know. Um, so, you know those fancy stats that people love? They're called analytics, David. Oh, analytics? So, I believe. Do you want to know what Roman Polak's course is? Uh, it doesn't matter. My eye test says he's a good player. Ask me if it's better or worse. Do you think it's better or worse than it was in Toronto? Uh, oh, it wasn't good in Toronto, I almost guarantee. So, you're worse? So... It was actually, it was 49% when he was first with the Leafs, which I find surprising. 49 Corsi? Yeah. Yikes. Um, he finished <laughs> off his last. If that's the high end. His best season was 50 in St. Louis. Hey, um, good for him. I mean, look, and the fact that he's like generally 55% above in defensive zone starts. Okay. That's, that's, that's fine. That's fair. Yeah. Sure. Roman Polak in his final season with the Leafs, 47.9% Corsi. Corsi 4. Um, you want to know what it is in Dallas? Oh, boy. 40, is it over 40? 43.1. His, PD, his PDO is the highest, the second highest is his career. Um, his highest was in 2015-16, was at 102.3. This season, it's at 101.6. Not great. Now, if I understand PDO correctly, that means your goaltending has a very, very high, stupid high save percentage. It's pretty good. Because it's combined save percentage and shooting percentage. And Roman Plack is shooting. Uh, his shooting percentage. Dun, 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 where are you? 1.5%. His shooting percentage? He has a goal? Oh, right. He did score a goal. One goal in 65 games. People. That's pretty good. People. Roman Polak is good at blocking pucks and getting in the way. That's all he was good for. And you know what? If a, t- a guy decided to push a guy, he would push back. He's good at wiring pucks out of the zone. Wait until the playoffs. And you're gonna see what's what Roman Polak is like. So I just thought I'd bring that up. Uh, the Leafs will be taking on the Blackhawks on oh. Wednesday, and then they will be playing uh, Philly and and Ottawa on back to back nights. All right. This could be a good week, or this could take a turn for the Leafs. This could be a heartbreaking week in. As easy as it could be a good week. I'm leaning more towards being positive and thinking like they played Chicago pretty well lately. Um, I think they'll do very well up until the Ottawa game, and then they'll make it as difficult as possible. I mean, this is this is in their home rink in Ottawa, so (laughs) generally they play pretty well in their home rink in Ottawa. Yep, Toronto East. 
So I'm uh, I'm less inclined to think that he uh, he wouldn't uh, he wouldn't play. They wouldn't play better in Ottawa this time around. So that's just I don't. Plus, this I don't is, like them playing these these lower seated teams. Ah, but this is the Ottawa. Team. They have not played Ottawa since the trade deadline. So this is Matt. They're Duchesne. a borderline AHL team. Matt Duchesne. But... The only team player I'm worried about is Magnus Villarfi. Let's be real here. That's yeah, really that guy. So, I think the Leafs. Um, this is a good time for them to just silence a lot of critics uh, if they play well. So, um, yeah, <laughs> we will see. Yeah. Any any final thoughts? Oh, uh, go Roman Pollock. Yeah, I we spend a lot of time on Roman Pollock, and I don't regret a minute of it good reason that guy's a stud that blocks shots with his face yeah oh final thought here's the final thought what um this whole idea of sitting fretting at freddie anderson i think it's a good idea oh um, yeah that's something i didn't bring up it's i don't i get on babcock a lot that was one of his better moves of the year was taking freddie out when he did oh yeah 100 because that game was a wash it was very clear from that point that at least we're not in it and yeah, that was a good move. I don't have any issue with it whatsoever. How many games does Gar- Sparks play? Uh, let's look at the. I'm going to put think it's three back to backs or something along those lines. So he's playing once this week at least. Well, he's yeah, he's playing. Uh, there's back to back between Philly. They're and playing the Senators. I mean, I'd I always like playing. You know, I want the Leafs to do well on the Saturday, but maybe just give them the Senators because. So the Leafs next five games. Are, you definitely don't want to split a season series with a team that's the worst in the league. Oh, you know what? They're definitely – I can. so the next five games, Sparks is definitely playing two of them because they have two back-to-backs coming up. They have the Blackhawks on Wednesday. This is such a dumb, <coughs> dumb schedule. Look at this. Sorry. <coughs> they play at home on Wednesday, at home on Friday, then they're in Ottawa on Saturday. So th- – that's not bad because between Ottawa and, and Toronto, that's an easy flight. So, yeah, it's like a 30-minute flight. Fine. <laughs> Their next back-to-back is on – so they, uh, they're off Sunday, Monday, so they get two nights off. Tuesday in Nashville, Wednesday in Buffalo. <laughs> what? They just oh, – Tuesday in Nashville, Wednesday. <laughs> oh, silly. I love it. Oh, that's fine. Feed Garrett to the to the Sabers, and then then they. Oh, that's a back to back. That's a back to back. A Nashville to Buffalo back to back. Yeah. Jesus and then they're off until Saturday, so they get two nights off. They have the Ranger. The the Rangers are coming to town on the Saturday. Monday the Panthers come. Uh, and then to close out March, they have they go to Philly, and then they're in Ottawa. The schedule, oh, and then their back-to-back is against the Islanders and Hurricanes. And to start April. So I want to see the Leafs give, you know, like they'll give the back-to-back between the Flyers and the Centers and the Predators and Sabres. So Anderson will get his nights off there. Like, if I'm looking at it here, so they've got the Rangers on the Monday, the 23rd, and then, sorry, Saturday, 23rd, you play Freddie for that. Play Sparks on the 25th against the Panthers, and then you can play Freddie in Philadelphia on the 27th. Like, stuff like that. Yeah. Just throw in the occasional. 
because then you'll get um, the Senators in Ottawa again. Then the Islanders, which you're going to play Freddie, and then play. Then you'll have the back to back with with Carolina. So you play Spark uh, Sparks against Carolina. Then the Lightning. You probably play Freddie against the Lightning, and then you could play uh, Garrett in the final game against Montreal in the end of the season. I think Babcock will have to mix in at least one or two extra starts that are not back to back situations. I think just to keep Freddie his sanity. In the right spot. Yeah. Other than that, other than that, that's just about it. I am working on. I haven't reached out to the person I want to bring on. Um, is somebody I've been meaning to want to bring on. I'm going to reach out to them. I'm not even going to give uh, an indication of gender in any way. Um, but I want to reach out to them and see if maybe we can get them on this weekend. So that I want to do one extra pod. After Saturday's game, hopefully, if we can get it in. But we'll we'll be in touch, Austin, as usual. Um, thank you again for taking time out of your Tuesday night to talk Leafs. Oh, you know, I had so many things planned for this Tuesday night in beautiful Pickering, Ontario, but I chose to be with you. Well, I appreciate it. I know you went to Dairy Queen, so that, was, that must have been yeah. nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What's the DQ order? I have not been to Dairy Queen in a long time. They have a Blizzard deal going on right now, so... I went and got one, and it was a buy one, get one for 99 cents. So, Oh, that's dangerous. Yeah. Dangerous. Okay. Well, now that you've given Dairy Queen free advertisement, <laughs> I will... Uh, Pay me, goddammit. <laughs> yeah. Dairy Queen, if you if you want, we're looking for sponsors. Cool. We'll <laughs> leave it there. Enjoy enjoy the rest of your night, everyone. Uh, I mean, we're, this is going to come out Wednesday. Uh, enjoy the game against the Blackhawks. Uh, make sure you wear your St. Pat's gear. I will have my Tavares St. Pat's jersey out probably on Saturday. I don't have my St. Pat's jersey. <laughs> it should just give you my St. Pat's hoodie. No, um, it's okay. I'll just I'll be sad. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I have a St. Pat's toque I can give you if you want something St. Pat's. But... No, I'll just be sad. Okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah. All right. We will we'll talk soon. Thank you guys for uh, putting up with us. And uh, again, if you have any thoughts on uh, on this whole, you know, the, just anything about the lease that we talked about, touched upon in this podcast, or you want us to talk about, uh, feel free to shoot us a line. Uh, you can talk to us if you go on the Spreaker.com. Uh, I believe you can also do it with the app. Uh, you should be able to comment. Um, Austin and I are both on Twitter. So you can yeah. go after us there. We usually post these on tipofthetower.com, so you can, by all means, go there and comment. We always try to engage you people. If what? it's a mean tweet, I will definitely sarcastically gif you to death. Awesome. That's the best way to do it. So hopefully we'll uh, we'll make it work. And uh, yep. thank you again, guys, and uh, we'll catch you again maybe later this week.